You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Charge! Yes, you are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, you know what it is. It's Nando Thursday. I don't believe we have Nando DeFino with us just yet. But I expect he'll be joining us in the very near future. And there's going to be a lot to discuss. Uh, Rangers, another big injury. Uh, maybe, I would say, definitely the biggest one so far out of a whole lot of injuries uh, for the Rangers. So we'll talk about Elvis Andrews' situation, both in the real world Al. and in fantasy. Al, I'm here. And Nando is here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome, Nando. Thank you for having me, as always. Well, I'm glad you're here sooner than later. Well, first of all, just because. Uh, but also, I am going to be talking about the uh, Elvis Andrews situation and the Rugnet Odor situation. So all kinds of playing time. And not that he can play both positions, but Jerks and Profar, I, I got to think he's etched into the uh, Rangers lineup for quite a while now. And I'm sure you get, you have feelings about that. <laughs> Look, man, I just, uh, Al, Al, you remember going back as far as we've known each other, the whole mantra that I use, and I think Matty Medica was talking about it today, the, the talent's going to find a way, things work themselves out. And um, unfortunately, it had to come at the expense of a lot of Elvis Andrews owners. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm just happy he's got a chance to prove what he can do. That's all. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if it was in regard to this situation. I think it might have actually been Franchi Cordero and, and the Manny Margot situation. But, you know, I was thinking about how you say these things always work out, and they do. And it's like we could really kind of turn that in a sinister direction and just say, well, you know, really want Jose Martinez to get playing time this year. You know, who's who's going to go down? But yeah. that's I guess that's that's not so fun, really. It's it's not. But I mean, if you if you don't think like that and just say he'll find a way and be very vague about it, uh, you can go to sleep at night. I think <laughs> I think that works. I agree. It's 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 better for everybody. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, just to ignore uh, that that terrible suggestion that I just had. So uh, yeah, Elvis Andrews. Uh, he has a fracture in his elbow. He's had uh, x-rays that uh, indicated that, according to the athletic uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And he is going to have more tests, so we don't quite know exactly what the timetable is going to be. But according to Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Andrews is going to have more x-rays and a CT scan. Uh, and he could miss, we're talking maybe several months, not just a few weeks, but maybe uh, quite a few months. So do you own any Andrews? I actually don't. Um... I guess, I guess the maybe subtleties of having so much love for Yerkes and Profar is that if I think he's going to find a way, I can't stock up on people that are going to have to move. So I don't have any Adore. I didn't have any Beltre. Um, I did have a little bit of Joey Gallo. Like, the good thing about Profar, he could have played so many positions that you know there, there were so many different ways you could kind of squeeze him in theoretically. Um, I just kind of laid off the Rangers uh, generally this year. Yeah, just because you knew. You knew there, there'd be a way. Except for Profar. Exactly. Didn't want to get in the way of that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that can also be uh, things working themselves out, too, but not in a good way. Uh, I do have I have uh, Andrews in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational League. And uh, so I made a trade today, and this kind of covers two subjects in one. Because on, I think it was yesterday's show, I talked about Jake Junis and how I'm not really buying it from him. And so I was looking to trade him anyway, but now, you know, the question is, what do I, what am I looking for a return? Well, I needed an Andrews uh, replacement. So I traded him for Aledmus Diaz, which uh, I know does not sound like a sell high on Junis, but it filled, it filled the need. And I do like, uh, I do like Diaz a lot. I, you know, I see why you had to do that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not into a Diaz guy. And I guess it's kind of too early to buy low because the shine is still not off a lot of these players that, might be kind of crapping out a little bit right now, but people still love because they paid a lot of money for him or had a high draft pick. So um, I, mean, I think you did what you had to do. That's a fair trade. It's just not, not a player I like if you're trying to start a conversation on him. Yeah, well, you know, and I think the, 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 the thing is that I, I don't know, you know, where particular owners are at on Junis because I know that there are people who are excited about him, but I know that there are others like me who are, who are skeptical. 
So, you know, it, I don't know that it necessarily, I think probably the chances are better for a sell high now, obviously, than if the regression I'm expecting does come and, you know, that I'm really, I think here's my fear that if I waited a week that um, maybe I wouldn't be able to get anybody usable for Junos because this is a 15 team mixed league. Yeah. I mean, there were no viable shortstop replacements on waivers. So. I, in a way, I was just happy to get somebody that I felt good about starting. Right. Would you? Let me ask you this, Al. Um, if there's like Profar and then just like a very low kind of whatever shortstop on the waiver wire, like it's all kind of ass- but assured that Profar is going to be getting these games at shortstop. He's already got two this season, um, depending on if you have an eight or five uh, eligibility rule in your league. Would you grab mm-hmm. Profar, stash him, knowing that he's going to be a shortstop in like two weeks? And then play some bum. If it, if it wasn't Jake Junis, because I understand where you're coming from with Jake Junis, I'm kind of, I'm 100% with you on your Jake Junis thoughts. But if you yes. couldn't really find that guy that you wanted to trade, would you take that hit for a week or two so you know you have Profar coming up in a couple of weeks? Uh, no. Well, first of all, just because I'm not as high on Profar as you are. And I talked about this with oh. Matt Modica on Tuesday. Uh, and I, I am no longer swayed by the upside of his, his minor league numbers. It's just... It's too long ago, and I know that you know he's 25, so there's still a chance he's not too old to to you know get back to that level. But I just feel like with each passing year that that probability has gotten lower and lower. They never had a shot though. Like they never they never gave him like here, just play for like two months straight and get into a groove and do what we know you can do. I, you know, I, if there were a, an option that I I didn't like. I could see doing that, and you know, for me, it would just be, you know, I'm taking the flyer. Maybe this is just going to totally flop, but that that upside's still there. So I, I totally understand that argument. I just legitimately like Aledmus Diaz. I looked at his numbers. I don't know what happened with him last year, but I looked at his rookie year numbers, understanding that the batting average was inflated. He's not going to be a 300 hitter again, but the the power numbers on the road were really good, and they weren't bad in St. Louis. But you figure a guy who you know has some power, also some strong pull tendencies. He's probably going to do a lot better on the road than in Bush Stadium. Sure. And he did. And that, and now he's in Toronto. So, um, you know, I just – and he's off to a good start power rise. I mean, he's hitting about 200. But, again, it's a small sample. I think the batting average is going to get up, you know, to at least around 250. And I think the power for him is going to be legit in the AL East. I can get behind all that. Especially, I don't know what happened to him last year. As the yeah. you know world's biggest Jed Jerko fan, I guess I was kind of <laughs> again subconsciously rooting against him. But um, there you go. But it was inexplicable because I didn't think there was any way. Like I thought he had proven himself. I thought this is the Diaz that we saw. So go figure. Yeah, I didn't think about the the Jerko angle on that one. Yeah, I always do. There's always a Jerko angle. <laughs> you know no, what they shame say. On- <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. That's, that's well. That's what they say. There's always a jerko. It's it sounds uh, much more pleasant in uh, French, but yeah, there is always a jerko angle. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, get get your translators out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Rug- Rugnetto Dor. We now have a timetable for him and his hamstring injuries. Uh, expected to miss three weeks. So that's not too bad for Odor. I mean, I think there's other issues there in terms of whether you trust the production when he gets back, but, um, you know, as far as those two spots, uh, you know, now that are, that are open, I mean, do you think Drew Robinson winds up in the infield here? Or, uh, I mean, how do you, what do you see as, cause you said, you know, profile will be playing short. So I just feel like maybe I'm forgetting somebody in terms of for the next three weeks, who's going to be the other part of that DP combination. No, I was actually, so I was with you on that and I went and looked, like I did a deep dive in their system. Um, from what I understand, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is going to be the guy, but I, ah, I, okay. there's Andy, who, like that's not someone who would have slipped in my mind because I didn't even know he existed, but there was Andy Abanez in the minors, uh, he's a Cuban guy they brought in like three years ago who um, was actually pretty decent. Uh, Hanser Alberto was in their minor league system. And, uh, oh, forgot uh, about him. Yeah. And Brandon Phillips is still a free agent. So <laughs> that was my list. That's a bigger and longer uh, list than I came up with. So works for me. No, Nobody there I'm too interested in in any event. So Andy Abanez uh, could be. Uh, Andy Abanez, I, I like, went a little deeper on him, but I don't think, I don't think there's any hope. Ah, all right. 
Uh, well, David Price, let's continue on with the bad news here. Uh, he experienced a sensation in his left hand. And uh, so based on that, was removed from yesterday's uh, Yankees-Red Sox game early. And he's going to undergo tests. So I have not seen anything else about that. But that's a little scary for David Price. And, of course, uh, that game, the, you know, probably the Price then got overshadowed by uh, the Brockholt slide, the, the bench-clearing brawl, the Joe Kelly uh, behind-the-back pitch. So, fun. Good times. Good times had by all. It was fun to watch. I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have that game on. I enjoyed listening to uh, uh, you know Florio and and, and Sussman, those guys on in the previous show, talking about that. And uh, Florio's watching the Mets, and I think Greg was watching the Yankees, and you know. I, I'm not always watching the New York teams here. Al, you you visited here before. You've you've been part of the fun um, down on the fourth floor. So like if it's just you know it's like three thirty on a non Nando Thursday, um, and there's just like a pain to scream that comes out of one of the guys. Like what happened? Like what broke? And like <laughs> oh Jake Judas gave up a single. So it's they're very passionate about what they're watching on TV or on, on as the well computer. they should be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's exciting if you're a baseball fan. It is. That's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, we had uh, drama in Colorado too, with, with uh, uh, Luis Perdomo throwing it at uh, Nolan Arenado. You got uh, uh, Perdomo ejected. AJ Ellis, Herman Marquez with an early exit. Gerardo Parra. Uh, so I would expect in both of those situations, I would think we'd probably see some suspensions. I would think Al, Tyler we're, Austin for sure. Worst guy in that melee was Freddie Galvis. Who like really? ran by and threw his glove at Arenado while Arenado's getting like pulled around? It's if you go back and watch the replay, watch Freddie Galvis come. In, he just throws his glove in the middle and then like runs away. He's oh the, the like the worst lowest thing to do in the world. There's no need to do any of that. No, there definitely isn't. And he did not get ejected either. I don't think. No, I looked. I'm like, how could you like? They got Someone's got to watch this and be like, three games for throwing your glove just because you're a jerk. Yeah, I, I hope. I'll have to go back and look at that. Uh, let's get to some better news. Anthony Rizzo hit in the batting cage today, and uh, according to his own uh, assessment, he's uh, progressing slow and steady like a turtle. That's a direct <laughs> quote from MLB.com. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's exactly uh, what we want to hear as Anthony Rizzo owners. Right. Uh, let's see. Jordan Zimmerman, I guess in a way you could call this good news because that was very, very scary uh, yesterday getting hit by a comebacker, uh, but did not ha- suffer a, a broken jaw, just swollen. And he says he's going to be back on uh, on five days rest. I don't know. And it's uh, he had been hit there in college, the same spot. Really? Yeah. That's strange. Very strange. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> well, I don't know, actually. Probably decent, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, fortunately for Jordan Zimmerman, I mean, it looks like I'll, you know, I'll totally believe it when I see it, but, uh, he may not miss any time at all. So that's, that's great news for him. Yeah, I absolutely. Got, it's still crazy that he got hit in the same spot <laughs> in college. I know. <laughs> Weird. Well, I have a, I have a, uh, not a quote, but just, a uh, something here from MLB.com where he, uh, told them that, uh, doctors told him that that would never break again. So I guess however they repaired it. Brilliant. So maybe doctors. it's a lucky thing. He, yeah. he got uh, hit in the same spot. I mean, sort of bizarre, but again, could have been a whole lot worse. What about the context? Uh, was? Tigers. Sorry, Al, I don't want. I don't want to keep sticking on this thing. But like, where the doctors like, listen, if you get hit in a random accident in that same place on your face again, it's like, or like maybe he was like a brawler and he got into fights. It's just strange to me. They're like, that'll never break again. I don't know. Even if you get hit there, yeah, on April. <laughs> On April 11th, 2018. Yes. <laughs> that would that would freak me out. Me too. Anyway, I'm done. Okay, continue. Yeah, well, there's more Tigers news, so there's there's a, a very smooth segue coming here. Uh, they have optioned Mikey Matuk to Toledo. So we saw um, Nico Goodrum play. Uh, I think it was, yeah, Goodrum played in Matuk's place yesterday. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't Nico Goodrum. It was Victor Reyes. And in the Tigers lineup today, it's Jacoby Jones. So I did read somewhere that Goodrum could see some playing time there. So that's good. I'd like to see Goodrum 
and Dixon Machado both get their playing time. You know, um, Mikey Matuk might have just given them the solution. Uh, Rob Silver brought up Goodrum about a week ago, said he got him in almost all his leagues like for a, like a dollar fab out of a $1,000 budget. And he's like, if he, mm-hmm. he's going to squeeze into some playing time and he's going to get some stolen bases. Um, and, you know, either in two weeks, he'll be a $350 player or he'll just be trash. But he, that's, that's the first time I saw someone kind of tout uh, Nico Goodrum. And it seems like he might be right. He might be moving more in the right direction than the wrong direction. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's no risk. I got him in the Scott White Dynasty League, I think, for zero. So really no risk there. Risk, no risk there. That's impressive. So, well, we'll see. Yeah. Or it just might be, uh, you know, just uh, warming up a roster spot for somebody else in a couple weeks. Well, he's got, you know, he's got speed, and he did that crazy swim move the other night um, off the sac- the sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, yep. against Cleveland. Yeah, so, I mean, he definitely has some kind of game acumen, too. So, that's got to be worth something. Well, uh, in the Scott White Dice League, don't we get points for game acumen? Yes, game acumen. <laughs> that works into the points system. Quality starts. It's a quality starts and game acumen league. It's it's the only one that I'm in. Yeah, me too. We're changing the world. <laughs> one dynasty league at a time. Well, we've got uh, not too many lineups to look at. It's it's kind of a small schedule, sort of a late day. Honestly, I don't like the the small slates. Uh, but that's what we got today. We have the Cubs and Pirates going on right now. Uh, got a handful of night games and a whole bunch of lineups that have just come in, actually, in the last 20 minutes. So I'll scan those during the break. I'll take a look at the weather. We'll take a look at some of the uh, icky bullpen situations. And, as always, the standout performances from Wednesday. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior, and it's also Nando Thursday, so I am joined by none other than Nando DeFino. Yeah. He's the, he's the only Nando to appear on Nando Thursday so far. It's still an honor, no matter how you put it. <laughs> <laughs> you will, you're the only Nando for Nando Thursday, Nando. It's, um, it's something I dreamt of as a child. To beat out well, all the other Nandos that you may know. I don't know if that includes Nandos, but uh, I'll take it. I don't know any Nandos. Just Nandos. Then, I uh, think I, and only, only one other, actually. Tell you what, there is, um, there's a woman on Twitter. Um, I don't even remember how I came about meeting her. I think maybe through David Greenman, the actor, or, um, mm-hmm. or possibly even Nando's beard. But she goes by Icy Nando, or sometimes Spicy Nando. Um, so there's, I mean, there, and she actually knows a lot about the San Francisco Giants. So maybe one Thursday you can have her on, and you know, just because we're inclusive on Nando Thursday of all, yeah, double Nando Thursday. Maybe we'll, uh, I'll find a whole bunch of Nandos. That's not a bad idea. We could do that. <laughs> there are a lot of fantasy uh, insiders with the same name. So yeah, all right, a lot of Nandos out there giving fantasy advice. I appreciate the suggestion and, and you know and your willingness to to share the mic. Yeah, <laughs> that's the least I could do. <laughs> Uh, well, I checked all those lineups. Uh, I mean, I saw all those lineups, uh, like six of them, uh, again, because it's a small slate. But we have anything so far for Angels Royals or Giants uh, Padres, but we've got at least one lineup for all the other games. So for the uh, 610 start, and that's 610 Eastern in Cleveland, Trevor Bauer, Michael Fulmer. Uh, we're talking about that Tigers lineup situation. So Jacoby Jones, I think I mentioned earlier, he's uh, the left fielder of the day 
for the Tigers batting seventh. Uh, nothing weird or unusual with the Indians lineup. No Joey Votto for the Reds. So I saw that um, Philip Irvin was in there, and I thought, so, okay, Brian Price is still doing this rotation, even with Scott Schepler out, but uh, he's just rotated Joey Votto out of the lineup and put Adam Duvall at first base. So um, I know I've got to go now and adjust my ESPN daily lineup for that one. Uh, Nationals lineup, uh, there is no Brian Goodwin, and I just wrote a piece this morning for Rotograph saying Brian Goodwin's a good pickup in deeper leagues, should play pretty much every day without him eating out, and he's not playing today, or at least not starting today. <laughs> so don't read the don't read the column. <laughs> Matt Adams in left field, batting fifth. Go pick him up instead. Um, Red Sox lineup back to normal. No. Uh, no Mitch Moreland in there, and you got Ben Attendee back batting second. And the White Sox lineup, uh, Adam Engel batting ninth and in center field. No Larry Legend, as I like to think of him. Larry I, Garcia. We talked about him yesterday on the FST show and uh, keep making case after case for him. If he gets you know, 500 at-bats or even on pace to that, he's a 15-15 guy. I think Madiki even liked him as like a 20-20 guy. I don't want to put words in his mouth, wow. but I feel like he, he was very bullish on Larry, Larry Garcia. That's uh, that kind of sounds like Franchi Light there. I think Franchi's got a little more power, but I could be wrong. Yeah, oh, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree. And I also failed to mention that Wellington Castillo is also still out of the White Sox lineup. That's so, interesting. Where's the beef? Ah. The <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Al. <laughs> Thank you, Nando. Let's check the weather. Uh, and this is one, again, where you can just look out the window because the only situation here where there's any kind of precipitation is New York, or I'm sorry, Boston. But you're close enough. Look really far out the window in a northeasterly direction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> forecast is a 63% chance of rain. Terrible save by me. Uh, I'm, I'm like the Hector Neris of this show. Oh, um, no, Al, don't. Don't go there. All right. chance of rain uh, at game time up at Fenway and actually increasing after that. So that doesn't look so good. There's no, no chance they cancel this game. Uh, Like there are going to be so many people, I think watching tonight um, just to see what happens that I cannot see them. That'll be a game that'll be played in the rain and be dirty and balls slipping out of people's hands. Oh, I'm Uh, sure that'll be happening. Yeah. You know, quote unquote balls slipping out of people's hands. (laughs) Because I don't like you can use the rain as an excuse now if Aaron Judge gets plunked. That's uh, right. I, I, they cannot cancel this game. If they cancel this game, then I don't, I don't know. know. There's no imagination. They won't left. get played. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't drop Hector Neris's name as a as a segue, but I might as well take advantage of it. He blew a save last night. It's not really been a great start for him. I mean, it's been kind of the same bullpen situations that I talk about day after day here, the Brewers, the Cardinals. Um, but uh, you think that Philadelphia situation becomes wide open at some point? I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, there's no no obvious replacement. Tommy Hunter. Well, Although I think he's still hurt, right? He, no, yeah, still hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I liked um, – I had actually on, on the Scott White Dynasty League, I had uh, Edubre Ramos – for all off season and I had him at like a buck. I just picked him up at the end of the year when I wasn't making the playoffs. I started picking up the guys who I thought might be closers, you know, come next year, might have a shot. He was one of them. Um, but then I started looking at Neris and I, his numbers are great, man. He's, he's kind of like Keone Kila ish numbers, at least in the last couple of years. Um, oh yeah. No, I mean, overall they're, yeah. they're really good numbers. I Gabe Kapler, man, I don't know what he's going to do next, which is why I love him. So I, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he could he could be all right. Vince Velasquez, you're our closer now, so I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, uh, I don't either. I mean, I, I don't think he's in imminent danger. So maybe by the time uh, Tommy Hunter's back or, or Pat Neshek, uh, who's also on the DL, and I don't think Neshek is far away. Um, I don't think, but I, I'm, I'm just look for something real quick at it and find anything. But yeah, I think that's one to keep our eyes on. Um, I've been talking a lot about the Rays situation. I mean, I also don't think Calame is uh, going to lose the job anytime soon, but I mean, he's, he's not been good. Do you think it makes sense to speculate there? Yeah, I would. Unfor- I mean, unfortunately, they no longer have Brad Boxberger, who would have been the perfect yeah. answer to this. Um, but with the weird stuff they're doing with the four-man rotation and, you know, that the bullpen day, 
I, that might just screw up their entire closer plan. I mean, you can't. They ha- that's a team I think that has to have a closer because then you can't just have a bullpen day and not. You know what I mean? Like every right? fifth day, right? So. I think if whoever you speculate on is the closer for the first time and gets that first save after they remove Colome, um, you've got the closer. I don't think that's going to be sharing duties. I don't think that's how it can work. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly too complicated for my, my brain to handle, that's for sure. Maybe Kevin Cash can. but um, <laughs> So humble, you know, was, Of course you can figure it out. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got a, a tweet that I read on the show yesterday where somebody said, well, you know, maybe we should watch – uh, yesterday's game with the White Sox really closely because Colome had pitched three days in a row, and if there's a safe situation, you know maybe this is going to be the, you know the precursor, and then of course it was a close game, but it was the White Sox with the lead late. But um, because also Matt Andres and um, Jose Alvarado had pitched a lot lately, uh, they, their hands were sort of tied. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure Chaz Rose pitched in that game. I, I think maybe it was the seventh, and um, I forget who else came in late. But it was I mean there was nobody there that was like oh this is definitely you know the high leverage guy. So right like you, like you said that that situation's kind of weird because they've got I think currently eight bullpen guys and four of them are totally out of the picture because they're constantly doing this this piggybacking thing. So I think it's a situation right for speculating and I did in one league pick up Alvarado but in retrospect I think he might be the least likely because I don't know who else fills that that short lefty role right well you know Chaz Rowe I I might be misremembering this but Chaz Rowe I think in spring had a lot of buzz for um you know popping the catcher's mitt and the velocity up and uh I kind of remember reading about it. it might be like a Mark Topkin thing or like some story um, off Baseball Primer, uh, but it, or Baseball Think Factory. But I, I do kind of remember Chaz Rowan thinking, like, if this guy starts, he's going to have a lot of electricity, and then maybe he could be a closer candidate. But, I, God, man, I'm almost positive it's Chaz Rowe. No, it makes sense. I think he's – he and Romo might be the most likely guys. I mean, the way they've used Alvarado, and just from a skills perspective, I would like it to be Alvarado, but it's just they got to find – some lefty uh, to use in the role that he's he's been filling. Right. Uh, Sergio so. Romo seems like the perfect Tampa Bay Rays reclamation Fernando Rodney type project. <laughs> right. And he seems like the guy who might not be able to throw more than one inning, you know, historically. So maybe that is mm-hmm. your answer. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, Perchance. So, there you go. And uh, it, it sure seems like Matt Albers is sort of settling in in Milwaukee. Um, but uh, who knows? Uh, I, I don't think Craig Council's given up on on uh, on Hughes. So, or I'm sorry, Barnes. Right. Always, I, I get get them confused. But uh, <laughs> uh, so you know, then uh, yeah. I, it's it's just a mess. It is that that one is a mess. Yes. Um, but that's a team that went and got free agents. So I wouldn't put it past them, uh, maybe to make it even a deal uh, if they really end up needing someone. Perhaps, perhaps. I mean, that's not a team so, that's yeah. tanking. They went out and got some players to make a run. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they were really close last year. So Maybe it's part we, of a Ryan make... Braun deal. You get someone coming back. That'd be really interesting. Right. Talk about things working themselves out. Right. Well, just think, who's a who's a bad team that has a good cl- Like Kyle Baraclaw maybe coming back. Uh, but they, yeah, well, they, the Marlins would never take Ryan Braun. No, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. No fit is coming to mind. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, we tried. Yeah. Well, let the Brewers figure that one out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, All right. Well, we got a whole bunch of uh, finally some hitters to talk about and uh, a few pitchers as well. But before we do, just a reminder that you can dominate your DraftKings and FanDuel Major League Baseball contests this summer with Daily Roto's MLB Projections and Optimizer. Go to uh, DailyRoto.com slash premium and save 10% with the promo code FNTSY to use all the very same tools and projections that millionaire maker winner Drew Dinkmeyer uses. And the tools don't just work for football. This is the same site that Drew used for last year's top five $150,000 DraftKings live final finish. So head on over to dailyroto.com slash premium, save 10% with the promo code FNTSY and see the results for yourself. Al, you should have him on your show. 
Drew Dickmeyer? Drew's a smart, fun guy to talk to. Yeah. I imagine he is. I, I, I have never had him on the show. I actually have never met him or anything, so I like it. He lives down in Florida. Fort Lauderdale, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You like him. You Actually, I think you two would get along famously. Unfortunately, I'm not down there anymore to just you know, kind of do the pop-in. That would have been good, right? Like, why not? Maybe maybe he comes out to Montana every so and so and often. <laughs> he might have a better shot <laughs> of uh, going to visit Fort Lauderdale one day and doing pop Probably. In. Yeah. Probably. Pop in might be uh, more realistic. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, how about Javier Baez? I, I don't imagine he has much time to come to Montana either. He's too busy hitting dingers. How about that? Two, two against the Pirates on Wednesday. And that followed up a two-homer performance on Tuesday. He also stole the base. So you got the whole power-speed combo in one game from Javier Baez. Uh, really hadn't done a whole lot before Tuesday. So, you know, this is one of those things where I feel like I've got to mention it. It's, it's, it's a big achievement. But does it really change anything for anybody? I, you know, for some reason, I found myself in way more OBP leagues this year than I wanted to be. And Baez kept popping up. And I love Baez, but I can't get him in an OBP league. And I think you're right. I do think he's got some average potential. In a regular 5x5, five five, I think you got a guy who can hit for average, too. But, yeah, he's going to hit for average. He's going to have some home runs. He'll throw in some steals. He'll score a lot of runs and drive a bunch in because he's on the Cubs. I like him a lot, just not in OBP leagues. Uh, no, I, I sign off on, on all of that there. And you know, that's the thing is you know, he's got the power-speed combo, and that's pretty rare. So that's what we always talk about. But I do think he's a pretty solid uh guy to pick up for average and we I, I think that gets underrated uh you know we just we don't talk we take batting average for granted and with strikeouts going up it's it's not always that easy to find it is it's it, it, i think someone sometime maybe it's you well will come out with something that's kind of points out like listen you get a good average guy you're in good shape because over you know 600 plate appearances 550 at bats it's going to change x amount between a guy who's going to hit two, you know, fifty, and a guy who's going to hit two seventy-five, and you know, if you this guy hits twenty-five home runs, and the guy who hits two fifty is going to hit thirty-two, and that's because he's striking out. He's not getting the great average. Um, it's worth the trade-off nowadays to get the higher average, lower home run guy than the lower average, higher home run guy. It's so funny, Nando, that you say that because I actually, again, maybe I sort. Of showed my hand by, you know, making that comment about Baez's average. But um, I actually had been thinking about maybe writing that up in the next few days. Hey, oh, so sort, of, sort, of, sort, of like sort of like a would you rather, you know, like, because I, I, I have Joe Maurer in a few leagues and he's off to a great start, but no power. But he's got the batting average and he gets on base. Um, you know, it's just the power and the steals. It's, it, you know, he's sort of the opposite of, of the, you know, our fixation with the speed power guys. He's like everything but. Right. So, um, you know, who could you pair him up with? You know, like like a Matt Davidson type who you just, you, you're pretty certain he's not going to give you the batting average, but he'll make up the, the power. Right. And, and then uh, does Maurer's high average more than make up for um, what will even out? You know what I mean? Like, so. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like you, you can't just straight average the two out for batting average. You'd be like, all right, well, now I've got a 250 hitter with, you know, 45 home runs. Um, that's not that's not what those two combined will give you because maybe Maurer's higher average will give you more value in that batting average category, and that's four points, whereas the home runs only give you, like, you know, three, something like that. There, I think mm-hmm. if you start talking Roto, there are so many intricacies with it that uh, someone's really got to sit down and really dedicate, like, four or five days to figuring it all out like taping things to wall <laughs> taping things to walls and tying string from pieces of paper to other pieces of paper can i just use a spreadsheet i guess you can but it's more romantic to think of you know frenzied al in a room in his house with papers on the walls it, it could just wind up being that anyway different colored <laughs> strings uh, i gotta go to the craft store get some string <laughs> yes uh, well, I know we got to head to break in just moments here, so I'll just uh, squeeze in the fact that uh, Kurt Suzuki had a two-homer game. Gary Sanchez had a two-homer game. Uh, I think we could break those guys down a little bit more detail after the break. And maybe talk a little bit about John Carlos Stanton, too, because I maybe it's just all the years in South Florida, but it's just so odd to me that so many people, people are like, what? John Carlos Stanton strikes out a lot? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, this is this is the combo meal that you get from them. But uh, well, we can discuss that after the break. So stick around and listen to us talk about that and other stuff. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and with me, as he is pretty much every Thursday, because that's why we call it Nando Thursday, is Nando DeFino. How's break for you, Nando? Break? Yeah. You know, a little two-minute break that we just oh, that Oh, that break. I thought, wait, wait, did I miss a show? No. No. <laughs> no. The, uh, <laughs> the commercial break was wonderful for me. I uh, answered a couple emails, sent a Slack message, so productive. Very productive. I looked up Kurt Suzuki's ownership numbers, so I was <laughs> way less efficient than you were. Um, yeah, I, guess? I just wanted to val- validate the point that uh, he seems not very owned, and, and that uh, turns out to be true. Uh, I looked up Fantrax and CBS because those, those are the sites where the ownership rates tend to be the highest. And on Fantrax, uh, Suzuki's ownership rate is 21%. On CBS, 17%. He had a two-homer game at the Nationals on Wednesday. He has not struck out yet this year. He's come to the plate 26 times. And Tyler Flowers is out for about another month or so. So Suzuki should be getting some pretty regular playing time. And it's not like there aren't some injured catchers out there that uh, need replacing. So, um you know, Miguel Montero, I, I was thinking about this today, yeah. like Ploiecki's hand and Darno possibly needing Tommy John. Um, Miguel Montero, was, he was just DFA'd or mm-hmm. released or whatever the technical term is. I wonder if you're sitting in an only league. See, I guess it's not worth it because you don't know if it's going to go NL or AL. But I guess if you're an NL only league and you could make a, a slick little pickup there, he's got to catch on somewhere. He has I to. would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Um, that yeah, that no, that would. Uh, I mean, that I, I still think you know, in the eighty percent of leagues where Kurt Suzuki's out there, I mean, this is a guy who you know we know is going to play a lot. But yeah, I, you know, like you said, only league. That's a pretty sly move, right? I mean, it's, it's not going to turn into you know thirty five at bats a week and you know a couple homers every week. But if you got to fill at bats instead of you know looking after a some kind of backup somewhere who's going to get maybe six of bats a week. You maybe take a shot at Montero. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Definitely monitor that Mets situation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought uh, he might get a little bit more done while he was in D.C., but again, that he wasn't on the team for that long. Right. Right. But, you know, Suzuki, I, I just I think he's underrated because – I think people still think of him as the guy that he was, uh, you know, in Oakland for a long time uh, or, you know, the twins for a few years, just, you know, not much power. there, just not much really fantasy value at all. But then it was, yeah, I think it was the latter part of 2016 that he uh, switched to the ax handled bat and he's it for consistent power ever since. I uh, see that's the kind of stuff that makes the show so wonderful though. The bat change. See, I, I think of that as more of like a you kind of anecdote. It actually is. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that just that really stuck with me in whatever it was, June or July of 2016. And I read, I think it was a Mike Berardino piece because he was still with the Twins at that point, uh, Suzuki, and Axe handled bat. Hmm. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's like, wow, ever since I read that story, Kurt Suzuki's been hitting for power. And uh, last year he hit 19 home runs. And just I looked that up. I didn't know that off the top of my head. And I have to admit, I didn't even remember it was that many home runs that Suzuki hit last year. And not a whole lot of playing, playing time. Al, do you, do you think that um, the Fantrax number is better? Like, you know, the Fantrax number seems to be the highest. I'm assuming that's because a lot of people on Fantrax play kind of deep. 
uh, probably two catcher right. leagues, a lot of roto stuff. Um, in two weeks, do you think Suzuki's numbers will be more reflective of that across the board? Like people are going to catch on? I think so. Because, I mean, these were his first two homers of the season. So, you know, I think there was just that, you know, on draft day, people were avoiding him and Flowers, even though both are coming off of really good seasons. And, um, you know, so maybe that perception just kind of lingered. So even after Flowers went on the DL, it was just like, well. And initially, Suzuki wasn't playing that much. So it's really only in the last few days where he's kind of stuck in the lineup. So, yeah, I think if he continues to stay in the lineup and continues to hit for power, and I think he will, again, because he's been doing this now for the better part of two years, then, yeah, I think that number will shoot up. Nice. Yay. Yeah. I don't think he could pick up Gary Sanchez anywhere, but he had a two-homer game. Quietly, because the whole brawl overshadowed that. I really think <laughs> yeah. so. so. So that's why we're talking about it, so you, you don't miss it. Exactly. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that and puns. And, and that, too. Absolutely. Uh, Stanton went three for five with a triple. Uh, he's uh, now got his batting average back up over 200. He's batting 235. But he does have that 40% K rate, which will come down. But, uh, you know, now do you spend enough time in, in the Miami area? Um, I mean, th- he's a frustrating guy to root for, whether as a fan or as a fantasy owner, because he's just so streaky. And he he has gone. There was one season with the Marlins where I think he went two full months with just striking out all the time and not really hitting a lot of home runs. But then you know, he comes back with a vengeance. Yeah, and also you, you gotta you gotta think he's pressing a little bit, being like a new Yankee, excited this lineup. Um, maybe that's worth five percent of that strikeout rate. You know, just taking a hack and being like, "Let's do this. This is awesome." <laughs> yeah, it could be. That that could be. It's just that the pattern to me is very familiar. So even if that were in play, and I think you're probably right that it is, but even if it weren't, this this would not surprise me. Yeah, but he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. That's all the thing is, at, you know, at the end of the season, the numbers are gonna be really good. I mean, they're gonna be way better than really good. Yeah, you're right. Just give us so, some time. Yeah, and, and give JD Martinez some time. He's still batting just 250, but he hit his second home run of the season in that game that you. Didn't pay attention to other than the fights. Um, <laughs> Hanley Ramirez hit his second home run of the season. He's batting 357. Now, I have no no big concerns about J.D. Martinez. I mean, I don't love Fenway as a place for him to hit, but I think it'll be good for his average, but not necessarily good for home runs. But Hanley Ramirez batting 357. I, obviously, he's going to regress. I just never know what to make of him. And I, I feel like whenever I zag, he zigs. Yes. Because he comes off a terrible season, and then he's like, ah, I'm back. And then you buy into it. It's like, I'm hurt. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe Hanley Ramirez. So do you have, have any kind of feeling about uh, what kind of season he's due for? No, absolutely. You're right. Like, I'm, it's a dog chasing its tail. It really is. Like, you, th- you think you have it figured out, and maybe once every six years you hit. Um but yeah, so if I'm like, oh, Hamlin Ramirez is going to be great. That lineup's great. You know, they had a down year. They got a new coach. It's a fresh start. They'll probably be pretty good. And then, you know, you'll, oh, Nando, I don't know if you heard, Hamlin Ramirez uh, out for the next six months with a <laughs> tragic blimp accident. Oh, I, I'm sorry I laughed at that. Well, no, he didn't die. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, uh, yeah. And the only, the only thing I feel a little silly about is that I, uh, one of my, uh, bold predictions that I made, and it was a bold prediction that I took action on in several leagues, was saying that Mitch Moreland was going to steal the playing time from him and have a better season. It's early. It could still happen. Hanley being Hanley, I probably just shouldn't have been quite so certain about it because the, the good ha- the good Hanley's always lurking. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that sounds like something that should be <laughs> crocheted and hung up over your sink. <laughs> The good Hanley is Maybe always a lurking. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a warning. Warning to misbehaving children. <laughs> the good Hanley. I really, Bad you know, Hanley might still be out there, though. I really thought Mitch Moreland was going to do a lot more. I, and I, Craig in Chicago gave me a bunch of crap for it, and he was right. He's not going to hit 30 yeah, runs me, this year. Me too. Yeah. Well, aren't you the segue king? Because the next player I wanted to talk about was Matt Davidson. That, that's incredible. Speaking of Craig in Chicago. You should have him on as a guest. He was actually a pretty you, good guest the have, day I filled in for you. Yeah. The show has had him on as a guest. 
Uh, yeah. Well, I will, I will, Craig. I'll I'll be in touch because yeah, that was a good segment, and um, I will have him on. So oh, great. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Davidson hit his fifth homer of the season. He is slugging seven oh six. Uh, batting just 235, though. So in some ways, it's kind of the same old, same old for Davidson, but he's got a 409 on base percentage. Do you find that to be encouraging at all? Do you think it's just a small sample artifact or no? You know, I, um, shoulder shrug? Well, you know, I, it's going to be a chicken or egg thing for me because yesterday on the rundown for, for FST, we were going to talk about um, the Chicago White Sox and how they're ranking high in a bunch of categories. And I'm almost positive it was either OBP or OPS. As a team. Um, so I'm wondering if that's like a Rick Renteria thing or if it's coming down from uh, Rick Hahn um, somewhere. It could be an organizational thing, like just take more walks and then take big swings. Because it's, it seems like those numbers added up to that philosophy. Mm. I hadn't really uh, clued into that, but uh, that's interesting. And I know a few days ago, and I talked about on the show, when I looked at WOBA rankings team by team, the White Sox were, were first in the majors. Which really surprised me. Look at what Mankata's doing in the leadoffs. I mean, Mankata's OBP is wonderful. Like, it just seems like maybe as a team, they're just kind of like, let's try and get on base more. Don't worry about your average. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I'll have to check into that. Uh, Max Kepler, sorry to slight you. I did not lump you in with the other two homer guys, uh, but here you are. You hit homers number two and three against the Astros. Um, he has struck out four times this year, he has walked six times. So that's obviously. A nice ratio uh, in 38 plate appearances and uh, hitting for a good amount of power, not just in yesterday's game, 54% fly ball rate. So you know, we see all kinds of silly, crazy stats after two weeks. Probably shouldn't read too much into it, but uh, that would be a different Max Kepler if <laughs> if he kept that going. Well, you know, to, to credit that, though, this is the start of a new season. A lot of guys, you know, I worked with this hitting coach in the offseason. I did this in the offseason. I've got a new approach this year. Maybe it is something. I mean, maybe he's like, I'm going to hit more fly balls. There's a launch angle yeah, revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's just the, it, after two weeks, it's just so hard to, you can't know because you can't, you know, fast forward. Right. So you can't know which one, which ones of these are uh, going to stick and which ones, uh, you know, are, uh, you know, I always think of Robbie Grossman. It wasn't the beginning of the season thing, but um, I think it was two years ago where just for a solid month, he hit like, uh, Kepler's sitting now, and then he just went back to being, you know, the um, base guy with with very little power after that. So yeah. it was just like he, it was like an out of body experience for a whole month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, not much time left, so I do want to make sure we talk about a few pitchers. I was kind of psyched to talk to you about Leandro Martin because, let me just say, are you are you still on on the bandwagon? That I am, Al. Always, <laughs> even when he was Triple in the PCL the- last year. Wow, that's that's dedication. He's triple short of the cycle against the Indians and got. I'll just say he got three hits, and those are the only hits that Carlos Carrasco gave up in his complete game. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. And he's, he's got much better plate discipline so far this year. So again, we'll see in two more weeks if that holds. Uh, Lance McCullers, though, a, a couple of pitchers uh, with not very good starts. McCullers and to a lesser extent Luis Castillo. But let's talk about Colors first. Three and two-thirds, eight runs on seven hits and six walks. That is ugly. He did get six strikeouts in three and two-thirds. Uh, so it's kind of like the extreme version of bad Lance McCullers, uh, and that was against the Twins. So um, any worries here with the, the six walks especially? Um, you know, you always kind of want to worry there, but I, I don't know. At Minnesota, cold, I'm assuming. Um Maybe I, I'm buying the it's cold argument for a lot of these players who aren't off to the greatest of starts, but I've yeah. been, I'm more of a Colin McHugh guy myself, so if it happens, it happens. <laughs> he's been pretty good in relief, though. Well, he's pretty good overall. He deserves yeah. a shot at the rotation again. <laughs> and along with uh, Armenteros and... Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, David Paulino. Some, yep. Francis Martis, maybe my so. my personal favorite out of that group. Just run through all the Astros. They got two two solid rotations there. They Not do. fair. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Could you imagine that uh, pitching staff with the New Hampshire, the Double A New Hampshire uh, Rivercats <laughs> batters, Fisher Cats? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, so, so the Fisher Cats are, are stocked? They have, oh, they have all the kids. It's like Vlad Guerrero Jr. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Bo Bichette, Craig Biggio's kid, who's hitting like 364 with some home runs. And um, Luertas Guriel, who's at like 375. And then they oh, got wow, Max yeah. Pentecost. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, check out that roster. It's, it's interesting. Nick Tepish is randomly on Toronto's double-A roster. <laughs> that is random. Yeah. That's a... That's the most random thing in a random show. No, there's another one. Craig, I think Craig Breslow's on that. 37-year-old Craig Breslow's on that team, too. Oh, my too. God. You got to go look at it. That sounds like an independent league team. I, it's pretty awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. You got to go check totally. it out. But those bats, that double, those double-A bats with Houston's arms in the minors, that could be something. I definitely could be something. Yeah, that'd be fun to watch. I put that team up against the Marlins. Or the Rays. Or the Rays. Maybe more the Rays yeah, they're, than the they're, they're my favorite team to pick on. Fun. I know it hurts. Uh, former Marlin Luis Castillo and not the second baseman. Uh, not a terrible start, but not especially encouraging one. Six innings, three runs on five hits, no walks, only four Ks against the Phillies. Got seriously outdueled by Nick Pavetta. Um, but he's, he's getting whiffs at a 50% rate, which is outstanding. But the you know, he's getting hit hard when, when contact's being made. And his fastball velocity is down a couple of ticks and it was down even a little bit more in that game yesterday so now i think we got like a minute left so anything to add there on castillo or just kind of wait and see i'd say wait and see unless all right and then who knows uh, (laughs) gosh i hope not (laughs) it's pretty well for somebody who's hurt i I would say wheeler go ahead i'm sorry i gotta stop go <laughs> Zach Wheeler, great start, gets the Marlins one run in seven innings. Harlan Garcia, no hit shutout for six innings. Uh, Yanni Chirinos, still scoreless on the season. And I mentioned Pavetta uh, before seven innings, uh, seven Ks, only two runs allowed. So uh, who, who's your favorite out of that group? Oh, Zach Wheeler by far. I love Zach Wheeler. I think he's going to, well, I don't know what's going to happen with Vargas. I hope these things work themselves out. But I think Wheeler's got the, the most skill out of this group. Well, good way to, to bring the show full circle. Things always work themselves out. Don't they? Just like Nando Thursdays. But not, no, but not, not in a way that anybody is hurt or anything. <laughs> that would not, now that we're rooting for it. <laughs> not, definitely not that. I'm sure there's well, someone out there like Matt Medica hoping that I get hurt so he can come do the Thursdays too. Oh, that's horrible. That's I a know. horrible way to I'm end just the kidding. show. He wouldn't do that. I'm, and, I know. Well, the music's yeah, not playing awesome yet, guy. so we're not over yet. Okay. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nando, thanks again for making Nando Thursday a great Thursday. And uh, looking forward to next week. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Definitely Walden, which will be fun. So uh, take care, everybody. Enjoy some baseball.